So I saw you were having some trouble with that hammer. Yeah, you know, every now and again, I have a little bit of anxiety, you know, feeling like whether or not I'm worthy, uh, maybe some imposter syndrome. I don't know. Do you feel worthy? Hmm. Let me see. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like you are feeling pretty worthy there. <laughs> well, this week, we're going to talk a little bit more about imposter syndrome. Let's get into it. Welcome to GovGeeks Assemble. Level up your 9 to 5 on 95. I'm Javier. And I'm Karen. And together we are the GovGeeks. The worthy GovGeeks. The worthy GovGeeks. Ooh, that's <laughs> even better. We get together every week, uh, Thursdays at 6 o'clock, to talk a little bit about getting in and getting ahead in government. This week we're talking about the imposter syndrome. So, Karen, I saw that you had Mjolnir there pretty good. Uh, nice and worthy. You were able to lift it, do all the great things that you need to. Feel empowered? Feel empowered. Yeah, I needed that today. <laughs> <laughs> well, imposter syndrome. Remind me about what that whole thing is again. Basically feeling like you're a fraud. Uh, like Within your career. Right. Perhaps like, like you don't necessarily belong. Maybe it's something that, you know, you're not necessarily worthy or good enough to be there. Yes. All of the above. Yeah, definitely a negative thing. It's not like the imposter syndrome. I mean, just the word itself, imposter. Doesn't that sound kind of like eerie and kind of bad? Right. Yeah, Isn't or, there a game about that where you have to find the imposter? Gosh, if anything, this summer would tell us, yes. I think we're playing with family. Um, was, was it Among Us? Among Us. You had to exactly. identify the imposter. And you basically <laughs> had to go around and try to, you know, fake being you know, part of the, the crew and not being the nefarious. Right. And then the to game. see if everyone can vote you out. Well, one of the things that I love about that out. or find you out. Um, one of the things that I loved about that was just really an individual trying to blend in. And in the workplace, sometimes we may feel like we're blending in or we're just not necessarily a good fit for the place, but we're just trying to do our best. And then there's that that terrifying feeling like, oh, no, what if someone recognizes what I'm doing? Um, but I think oftentimes a lot of us really, you know, we're just trying to do what we can. We're all in our own heads anyways about our work activities and the things that we've got going on. I think to that degree, all of us are just trying to kind of fit in and do what we can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so before we get into some strategies on how to embrace the imposter syndrome, because it's a natural thing, it's not like we can completely get rid of the whole thing. Um, Karen, I'm curious, like, what's a big takeaway uh, that you have about imposter syndrome? A big takeaway is that it's normal. So learning that there's actually uh, a phrase for it is helpful because then I'm not alone feeling that I'm, you know, not, um, you know, I'm, I'm not alone in feeling that I don't belong. Absolutely. I think to one degree or another, we all have that feeling or that emotion. And, and it's interesting because it's not like we're always going to feel like we're a perfect fit for something or that we know all of our jobs 100% right from the get-go. So we're always going to have some degree of imposter syndrome or feeling of that. But that's also part of the growth process as well. Right. And I, I have found it that I feel it more, especially going into leadership where you may not be the subject matter expert, 
it makes it a little bit even more difficult when you didn't go up the ranks in that specific field right. and now you're leading in a field that you may know you may not know the ins and outs but you're supposed to be the representative for it so i think that's that's been interesting to learn to say that it's okay and you rely on your team and you learn from your team um, to make sure that you all work together to meet the mission. Yeah. Well, I mean, teams are composed of a variety of individuals with different skill sets and specializations. So, kind of like the Avengers. Kind of like the Avengers. Team. Right. Uh, and each of them have their own specific skill set. So Captain America may not need to be the expert in using a bow and arrow. Uh, Thor doesn't need to be the expert in an area of like technology and everything like Iron Man is. So if we compare ourselves to those components of the environment that we're in, well, yeah, of course, we're going to have a little feelings of imposter syndrome, but it's just recognizing what we bring to the table and allowing ourselves to feel good about what we are able to accomplish together rather than, you know, you have to have that feeling like you have to be all things to all people and expert everything. Yeah, that's probably where it stems from. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're an expert leader. You're an expert in project management. And I think that that is why you're in the position that you're in. That's Thank what you. Karen brings to the table. <laughs> I continually try to learn. That's all I can say. That's all that we can do. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and talk about some strategies to manage when we experience the imposter syndrome. Okay. What's the first one? First is to experience it and to recognize that, but don't reinforce it. Don't validate that feeling. Absolutely. But use that feeling. Yeah. Just use it. Recognize that it's there. Realize what you're feeling at the moment. And honestly, just give a voice to it. Say, I recognize that I'm feeling this way. I understand that I'm not an expert in this area, or I understand that perhaps my role in this is not to be an expert in this one area or component, but don't allow that to pull you backwards or, or to prevent you from actually doing the part that you are going to play in the organization. I think a lot of times there's rumination sometimes where people may feel that level of inadequacy and allow that to hamper what it is that they're trying to do or their capabilities of doing. And that can be really bad for everyone, not only for yourself as like the person who wants to accomplish something, but then also for the organization. Because if you're not doing your part, then that kind of makes the team not perform as well. Right. Or if you recognize that maybe you do have this weakness or an area where you don't feel as confident or strong in, then how can you rectify that can uh, you take trainings can you shadow somebody can you learn more about that specific area so you can feel a little bit more confident in that area that, that's a really good point and just to make sure that we re reiterate that point if you feel that there is a gap and it is something that you honestly just need to address well then you can take proactive steps to say what can i do to be better at this what are the steps that I can take to be more empowered as opposed to hiding away and kind of feeling sheltered from this and not wanting to expose your, uh, you know, not capabilities mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to actually do that type of work there as well. Right, which I know we're jumping ahead because we'll talk about that in one of our later points. So of course. we'll put a pin in that and then talk about that later. Well, one thing I would just add on to that, a little Jenga piece is just asking <laughs> a question, 
well, is it something that you really do need to have? I mean, do you need to feel like an expert in that area or would that just be something that helps you feel better at the whole thing? Because, uh, yeah, you can become an expert, but is that going to be of value to the organization? And are you, you know, taking over the role of another person on the team? Uh, <laughs> like, what if, um, you know, Captain America felt like he needed to be that much more strong and everything, like the Hulk, and he goes and he starts working out and everything? Well, that's just going to detract from all of his other stuff that he's able to do anyways. So, yeah, why do it? Or if he thinks that he needs all the technology and thinks that he needs more money, like, you know, Iron Man, then he starts trying to, you know, buy stocks and bonds. That's and perfect. <laughs> Captain America sets up like a small business on the right. side. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to make just as much money as Tony Stark. Exactly. Start selling off his, you know, property and right. he's got the shield for sale. He's like, well, I got the money now, but I don't have my shield. Exactly. <laughs> Which is a detriment to the operations for the Avengers. Exactly mm -hmm. right. Yeah, I love the way the, the conversation goes when we have a chance to chat about all this stuff. It's good. <laughs> all right. So what's the second tip then? So the second one is reflect on your qualifications. So we talk about reflecting a lot. And I think this is a good one mm -hmm. because as you recognize that you're feeling somewhat like an imposter or that you don't belong or that you feel like you're a fraud kind of reflect on that to see why do you feel that way right and what triggered that um, analyze it a little bit yeah analyze it give it some rationale as to why that perhaps is something that is affecting you why does that impact you in the way that it's that it's doing right and I wouldn't focus too much on it because then you don't want to be ruminating in exactly. it exactly turning it into reality, you know, so you want to just reflect on it a little bit and maybe even ask for feedback from a third party or another party, mm -hmm. maybe not a third party, but somebody else to see, you know, is, is there a valid reason that I'm feeling like this? Exactly. And they could be like, yeah, that PowerPoint you did was horrible. Like, you know, maybe they wouldn't say it like that, but maybe you can get some honest feedback. Yeah. Or, or, or maybe, you know, with that feedback that the PowerPoint wasn't all that great. Okay, well, what is the best way to make it better? Maybe there's another person who has a really strong skill set around designing presentations. They may not want to be the person giving the presentation, but they have a great way of understanding how to really put something together. Some data analysis, some different charts or graphs that really convey the message in a much more concise and impactful way. And if you partner with them, that would create a better presentation for the organization, which is then better for everyone in the first place. Leverage other people's strengths. Exactly. Understand your own shortcomings and then partner with somebody who has that as a strength. Perfect. Of course. You know, it's interesting because as we go through a lot of our career coaching sessions, a lot of times individuals are thinking that they need to have more of the expertise. Oh, I need another project management certificate, maybe another degree. Maybe I need to take all of these classes so I can do presentations a little bit better or, you know, design something better. And while that could allow them to have some competencies developed and even some, a greater degree of confidence, that may not necessarily be what's needed to help them really excel. There's there's a lot of ways that you can think through challenges, obstacles, and really how to uh, address all of that. But also to the point about you know reflecting on the qualifications, as you reflect on it, you may realize, okay, I may have some challenges in this area, but on this area, I'm doing fantastic. 
okay, so how can you leverage the qualifications that you have in a way that can help address any of the shortcomings that you've experienced? Little thoughts. I, I think for me, um, you know, when it comes to a, like a lot of subject matter expert or technical issues, I, I don't have a lot of the technical competencies, but I find that upon reflection, I have a, a great desire to work with people, to collaborate, to have good discussions, uh, forms of encouragement and coaching as well. And so having partnerships helps to address some of the uh, perceived inadequacies that I have or let's face it, uh, my actual <laughs> inadequacies that I'm more than willing to fess up to. Which is good, because you can't improve yourself if you don't understand what those inadequacies are. Right. And just like any sports team, uh, I mean, you don't have to be all things to all people again. So if you are really good at one area, yeah, continue to grow in that area and allow others to really flourish in their areas as well. It's all part of this this greater process that we have a group collaboration and honestly the human experience right and well i you don't want to be an expert in everything there's still something to be said for taking that step back and understanding the whole process so depending on where you're at in an organization it's good to kind of see how everything works together what your piece does what the piece before you, the piece after you, so that you can better understand just how everything works from a high level. Mm. Because I think if you focus so much on just your lane, then I think that can potentially put blinders and you don't really see your impact on other parts of the process. So I think while you may not want to be an expert in budget, an expert in procurement, an expert in, you know, whatever it is, you want to make sure that you at least understand from a high level how everything works. Right. And plus then maybe you can have a, a strong degree of empathy for the people that are doing all of that hard work uh, or even just uh, really care for the individual going through all of the lengths that they're doing. You know, I think a lot of times when leaders, they say, I need this type of data or I need this objective done. Uh, and they say, yeah, work on it get the thing done. Let's just, let's just go without having a good understanding of all of the things that have to happen in order for that point to really become a reality. That's something there as well. So uh, empathetic, empathetic leaders, I think are some of the best ones uh, that, that you can have. Um, well, yeah, I feel like we can talk about that one some more, but mm -hmm. what is the, the third area for us? So the third one is where we get into the meat of this is to create objective indicators. So kind of how we were starting to talk about, you got a gap analysis, you identify your weaknesses or areas that you can improve, mm -hmm. and then you identify, well, I can do X, Y, and Z to help me improve in these areas if it's determined that it's something that I truly need. Right. Right. So if, if you're- If it's something. Right. If you're a core and you're like, I have no idea how contracts work, well- Contracting <laughs> officer representative, a core. Uh -huh. Yes. Well, then, you know, that might be something you need to get formal training in and truly understand. <laughs> Maybe if you're supervising a core, you may not need to know, you know, the ins and outs, but you should still should know how that works. Yeah. So, so this way you can figure out how you can be of value to them, how you can understand the challenges and issues that they're experiencing as well, rather than just saying, I don't know, go figure it out. Right. And I think that's where I start to get overwhelmed is... 
I want to help out my team. So, but I can't help them if I don't know how to do the work or at the very minimum understand the challenges that they deal with in their day-to-day work. So I think that's where then I start piling onto myself like, oh, well, I should know how to do this and that and this. So then I can step in and help when that might not necessarily be the best method, but I think that's where I end up going. Well, that just indicates your strong degree of empathy and your care that you have for others. You want to do as much as you can to help. So you're trying to figure out as many ways as you can to help. But maybe reflecting back on some of your strengths is a great thing to do to say, well, I don't necessarily know how to provide a solution to the issues or concerns that they're experiencing, but how can your strengths actually help them right now? Yeah, that's a good point. What strengths do I have that can help in this situation? Exactly. Those are the little questions, I think, because you get like so caught up in the moment. And when I say you, it's just a you in general, not you specifically, Karen. (laughs) I feel targeted. (laughs) But it's easy to get caught up in the moment where you feel like, you know, if only I could do this, let me go out and rush and learn how to do this or say, you know what, Uh, go ahead and send me all the Excel files afterwards and let me see if I can figure this program out. Or, yeah, you know, I'm going to take a class on all of that and maybe I can figure out how to do it and then I could work with you to, you know, work on it. Um, But then also maybe, heck, there's delegation. I know that this branch has this uh, individual that's able to do these things. Uh, Let's go ahead and set up a way for you guys to work together on this project uh, to help teach you how to do some things as well as address the current concern that we have. Mm -hmm. Um, Or honestly, if it's a capability that is outside of the control uh, of your team or your ability to, well, what other ways can you do it? And a lot of times government, we contract out for services. And that's why there's a great partnership between the private sector and the public sector to get the work done. You know, heck, I don't know how to create an access database. Well, uh, we have some extra money in the budget. So let's go ahead and let out a contract and find an expert that can make it for us. Partnerships, (laughs) (laughs) nothing but great stuff there. Um, But I think really having these indicators are a good way of saying whether or not you are or are not uh, an expert in something or that you're, you're doing well. And maybe the bigger thought is if you feel like an imposter, you can look back at these indicators and realize, you know, I'm actually doing a pretty good job. Uh, we're able to process this many items or, you know, turn over these many processes and procedures. Uh, we have this type of an output. And so you may realize, okay, even though I feel this way, objectively, we are very productive or I am very productive, or I am doing all of the great things that I can to try to help. Like in your example, um, if you may not necessarily know all of the ins and the outs, you at least can measure the effort that you're doing to try to help them to say, well, at least I'm trying to take these steps to to be of value uh, rather than, you know, like, oh, I'm an expert in everything automatically. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Little things. Yeah. I'm curious, how, how does that sit with you? The comment about how how does what sit with me? Uh, Just in general, how you're able to manage by understanding uh, indicators for for output to kind of help you feel a little bit better knowing that you're actually doing everything that you can rather than having all of the answers right away. I think it's more tangible and that's helpful. So I think through like oftentimes when you do your end of year write-up, right, your Mm self-assessment and you go back and you write about everything that you've done. And then you're like, wow, 
oh, I guess I did accomplish stuff this year. Didn't really feel like it, but well, you know, so I think that is helpful. Um, I think it's definitely the tangible that um, I look for, mm. which is difficult because sometimes it's not tangible. That's very true. Yeah. And, and that, that's another thing with the indicators. Measure what's within your control. And effort is certainly within your control. Uh, you may think, okay, well, I need to have 30 but, different but, objects done, but... Right. But what does Yoda say? <laughs> do or do not. There is no try. Exactly. The effort doesn't matter. It's like, <laughs> did you do it? <laughs> did you accomplish it? So I'm not going to go against Yoda. Well, there's all about self-mastery. Like Luke, as he's training with Yoda, he doesn't automatically, he can't pull the X-Wing out of the swamp automatically. He grows to that point because he's able to continue to train to make sure that he's getting better at what he's doing. So there's progressive milestones uh, for him to get to that point. True. Milestones are important. <laughs> Man, I want to watch Return of the Jedi now. All right. So those are the three things. Uh, just to summarize, let's make sure that we, we have all of the three things. So the first one was recognize, but not reinforce or don't reinforce. Mm -hmm. What was the second one? Reflect on your qualifications. Mm -hmm. And the last one? The last one was to create objective indicators. Right. So when you combine all of those together, you're recognizing, but you're not dwelling on something. You are recognizing that you have certain qualifications that could address the issues. And then lastly, you're looking at objective indicators to help reinforce this idea that you actually are doing what you can and that you do have the qualifications necessary. So hopefully these strategies, uh, the next time you experience imposter syndrome, can help you manage through it. Yes, but embrace the imposter syndrome. It's part of the growth process. And if you're not experiencing it, then maybe you're not challenging yourself or you're not finding yourself in an area that you can grow. Out of your comfort zone. Yes, that's the only way that you're going to grow is to get out of your comfort zone. I like that. <laughs> Okay, so let's go ahead and move on to our next section. Uh, every week, we also have our questions from the Gov Geekdom. Uh, we take questions that we receive either through coaching sessions or some of our presentations that we're giving, uh, and we share them with others in a way to try to help out as much as we can. If you have a specific question that you'd like to have answered, please come out to our website, thegovgeeks.com. Uh, you can go ahead and go to our comment section or our contact us page and just type in your question, and we're more than happy to answer that. Okay, Karen, so we have two questions this week. What's the first one? Oh, this is a good one. How do I turn down a job offer? How cool is that? How do I turn down? Well, first off, uh, well, congrats <laughs> on having the job to actually turn down. <laughs> right, congrats. And I will say how to not turn down a job offer is to completely ghost oh, exactly. the person who offered You've had some job. experiences with that, right? Painfully, yes. <laughs> and I'm sure you remember their names. <laughs> Yes. And it's not talk about feeling like an imposter. Be like, oh, I guess I nobody wants to work with me. <laughs> Just completely right. ghost me. Here is this job. And then they don't, yeah, they don't do anything. And I'm like, I don't want to seem desperate, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, certainly don't ghost the person because, uh, I mean, government is a relatively small place, uh, especially when you get really in your field, in your area, because uh, the people that you don't work well with at the beginning. We're humans. We have long memories. These are some of the things that can come back at you. <laughs> We're elephants. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, I recall some uh, some interviews that went really well and then the follow-ups for some job offers and everything. And it's just like, is that a completely different person? And then one of the things that pops in her mind is, okay, well, maybe we dodged a bullet on that one. Maybe it was good that that person didn't accept because if they're going to treat us that way, how would they treat us when they're actually on the job? Yeah. I would just say, be honest, like, you know, step up and be honest. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. We've we've been talking about how not to turn down a job, (laughs) but actually great things to do to turn a job. Which that's good to know. Yes. Make sure you're holding on to that one. Uh, But yeah, be honest. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I was excited to interview for this position. I recognize that there's a lot of career growth there. Uh, However, I've I had this other opportunity or I'm interested in this other area or uh, I see that there's a better fit for how I can serve the public in this other role. Right, that's uh, not the right time. I have too many other priorities. I won't be able to, you know, commit to this right now. I want to give my 100 percent. But at this time, I just don't feel like I would be able to. Right. Oh, yeah. I think it was seven weddings and a funeral, that old old movie from the eighties where they said basically, um, I just can't I know <laughs> I just can't give you what you're looking for on this job. And, and it's just like a straight, honest thing where you want to do it, but you just can't. And so you're just truthfully honest. I just I can't I can't offer what you're looking for. And it's a disservice to the organization if you say, Yeah, I'm gonna do it. And you really are only thinking maybe about 70% sure that you want to do it. And you show up and you do a bad job. I mean, no one wants that for you or for their organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the next question, um, how do I share my qualifications or demonstrate my qualifications on my resume? You watch the other video that we <laughs> Exactly. Right? Go back to the <laughs> nine part series that we've done. All of our YouTube videos on this. You know, I think one of the bigger things is to really make sure that you are writing your resume for the job that you are looking for, the job that you're applying for. So you're not necessarily just saying all of the great things that you've done in the past, but asking yourself, how is it that those experiences has allowed you to develop into the type of candidate that would be a great fit for the organization? Mm-hmm. It's all about the hiring organization. What are their qualifications? What are their needs? How can you help them? Yeah. So, so those are some of the things I'm curious when you're like reviewing resumes, what are some of the big things that stand out that really help them show that they're qualified? I think it's, I mean, of course, depending on the position, but really it's almost between the lines. Like how do they organize their resume? How do they convey their responsibilities that they had in their positions in the past? What is their drive? Do they have initiative? Mm. Um, All of those types of things. But yeah, definitely like if I'm looking for a specific set of skills, like I want to make sure that you are showing me that you can excel in those areas. Or or even that, or that I'm a quick learner, like willing to, you know, learn as quickly as I can and, you know, get it done. So I think that's, that's a big one. I mean, there's some jobs where, Honestly, there's only a handful of people out there that have that experience, that know that kind of work. And maybe the hiring manager knows this, but they're just trying to find the right person that has the right attitude to go about doing the work. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's one of the best things that you can demonstrate in your resume. Again, how are you a good fit for that organization? Yeah. 
Well, that's pretty much all the time that we have. We really appreciate you guys stopping by and spending some time with us. Um, so GovGeeks Assemble, level up your 9 to 5 on 95. We do this every Thursday at 6 o'clock. Please come on out to thegovgeeks.com. Uh, we do free coaching sessions and consultations as well. So you can just go in there, grab a time on our calendar, and we'll have an opportunity to chat for a little bit. Uh, Karen, we talked a lot about really cool things with imposter syndrome. Um, what is your your moment of zen or your, your key takeaway that you have with the subject? Sadly, what I think of in my head constantly in going through this is almost fake it till you make it, which sounds horrible. Like, But if you think you can do it, you can do it. Like almost psych yourself up to like, I can do this. Like almost like, what is it? The little engine that could, I mm. think I can, I think I can. Exactly. So to just have that positivity and that confidence and surround yourself with a support system that will encourage you to succeed. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone. We really appreciate it. Thank you for your service and we look forward to seeing you next week.